What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No BS Finance. This is a super exciting time for myself and just the No BS Finance business in general. Just this week, I launched my website, which makes it easier to figure out what exactly I offer, what I can do for you, and also to set up a session with myself to discuss your finances. Also, we are firing off weekly market wrap podcasts under five minutes, as well as larger, more specific topic podcasts every two weeks, just like this one you're listening to right now. So it's definitely a busy time, but super exciting, and I hope you all enjoy the content that is coming out and that is useful for you. But on to today. So I originally recorded this podcast, um, took a ton of time, I recorded it, and it was more of like a pro-con to buying a house. But when I finished recording it, I listened to it back and I was like, this podcast fucking sucks. Um, It was long, it was choppy, I went on tangents, And it just didn't really have any meaningful advice or takeaways for the listeners. So I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? So that was frustrating to record everything, do all the research and all that, and then kind of scrap it. But I re-recorded to this podcast you're about to listen to, and I think it's a lot better um, because it's a lot more to the point and there are a lot more takeaways for the listener. So this podcast is now focused all about housing affordability, including how it works and the things you should take into account before or as you're deciding if you should buy a house or not. So housing affordability is obviously a super hot topic, but I'm hoping this podcast will help you break it down a bit more and help you make a decision. Before we get into that, got to get into the admin stuff that this podcast is solely for informational purposes and is not meant as investment advice. If you do like the podcast, please download it, like it, share it with your friends as it really does help a lot. My email is in the show is in the show notes if you want to ask any questions or if you have any real life scenarios you want me to cover on the podcast. If you are interested in a one-on-one consult, check out my website. Just launched. The link is in the show notes and it's also in my Instagram bio. Other than that, let's kick off this episode on housing affordability. So in this podcast, I want to talk about everything, or at least pretty much everything, that you should consider with your monthly expenses and kind of that original down payment when you're buying a house. Because I feel like a lot of people often miss certain items when they go from renting to buying a house and they assume that I just have to pay my mortgage and then I'll be good to go. And if my mortgage is like slightly more than my rent, like that's a good investment, like I'm fine. Or yeah, like pretty much if I can afford my mortgage then I'm golden and it'll be the same as renting, which just straight up isn't the case. So here are the main things you should consider and the things that we're going to break down in this podcast. So number one, down payment. Number two, CMHC insurance, also known as loan mortgage insurance. Three, the mortgage term. Four, the mortgage rate. Five, land transfer taxes. Six, closing fees. Seven, utilities and property tax. And eight is repairs and maintenance. So without further ado, let's dive into each one. So I'm going to lump the first four points together here because they're very interrelated, which is the down payment, CMHC insurance, mortgage term, and mortgage rate. So let's start with the down payment. So as we all know, 
housing prices in Canada are really fucking out of control and the USA or the US, the USA, weird. I never say USA. The US is getting bad too. So in Canada, if your house costs between zero and $500,000, then your minimum down payment is 5%. If it's between 500,000 and 999,000, then your first 500,000 is 5% and any amount between 500 and 999,000 is 10%. So kind of like a step rate and which we'll break down in a second. If it's over a million, then your down payment has to be 20% or 20% or more. However, if in the first two cases, you put down less than 20%, then you must buy mortgage loan insurance or also called CMHC insurance, which will cost you more in monthly payments and doesn't protect you actually, it just protects the bank. So let's just break these down with a couple of examples. So let's say your house costs $400,000 and you want to put 20% down. Then your down payment is $80,000, 400,000 times 20%. And you have to take out a $320,000 mortgage because that's what's left. Now, if your house costs $700,000 and you want to put the minimum down payment, then it'll be 5% on $500,000 and 10% on $200,000 because it's a $700,000 house, which equals out to $45,000 of a down payment. But because you did the minimum, you will need to buy mortgage loan insurance of around $26,000 and your mortgage will be $680,000 altogether because you have to add in that mortgage loan insurance. Finally, if your house costs $1.2 million and you put a 20% down, then your down payment is $240,000. With a $960,000 mortgage, you've put down a minimum of 20%. You don't have to get mortgage loan insurance. Pretty easy, pretty standard, but I don't know about you. That's a lot of fucking money. So for the sake of this podcast, I want to continue with that $700,000 house example because I feel like it's a good midpoint. Like not many places in Canada are you going to find a $400,000 house and 1.2 actually, yeah, pretty on point, but we'll go with 700,000 for the rest of this just because it's a nice easy number and we'll kind of go from there. So with the $700,000 house, if you did the minimum down payment of 45,000, your total mortgage is 680 with the loan insurance. If you made a 10%, let's say you you veto all that, but instead you make a 10% down payment, then your payment is $70,000. So that's your minimum, that would be your down payment. So in the first example, we did the minimum and here we're going, hey, we're gonna do 10% across the board. That would mean that your down payment is $70,000 and your mortgage would be $649,000 as opposed to the 680 before because we're still under 20% because we did a 10% down payment this time. So we still need the loan insurance, but it's just not gonna be as much loan insurance. So this one, the on the last one, it was about $26,000 of loan insurance. Here we have 20,000 of loan insurance. So the final example is Let's say we put 20% down on the $700,000 house. That would be $140,000 of a down payment. And my total mortgage is $560,000 with no loan insurance needed. So it, my, my mortgage, based on how much I put as a down payment, goes from 680 to 649 to 560. So obviously, the more you put down, the less money you have to put on your mortgage stands to reason. That makes sense. You're taking out less of a loan. 
Now, the next thing to cover is the mortgage term or what is called the amortization period because the loan or mortgage needs to be for a set period of time so the bank can figure out a good payment plan and how you can actually pay off this loan over that set period of time. Most are in the 25 to 30 year period um, and essentially the mortgage is amortized or broken down over that 25 to 30 years into monthly payments. So for this example, let's use 25 years. Okay, so we're, we're still on that $700,000 example and we're gonna use a 25 year amortization or loan period. The next item to consider is your mortgage rate, which is a massive topic these days with rates at a 20 year high pretty much. Back in 2019, you would be able to find a fixed rate for around, probably around two to 3% cheaper than you would today and a variable rate for probably around 4% cheaper than you would these days. At the time of this podcast, you would be hard pressed to find a rate below 6%. And this rate impacts how much interest you will be paying on your loan. So you can either get a variable or fixed rate mortgage, which can be renegotiated usually every five years max because gone are the days of 20 year fixed rate mortgages So for the sake of this podcast, let's assume you get a 6% rate on each of the scenarios that we mentioned above, where you put a small down payment, you put a medium down payment, and then you put a large down payment. So 6% rate, 25 years, that kind of thing. For the 5% down payment example, your monthly mortgage payment over 25 years would, or let's not say over 25 years, with a 25-year amortization period, but let's say you put in a fixed rate at 6%, So for the 5% down payment example, your monthly mortgage payment is $4,355. For the 10% down payment example, your payment is $4,156. For the 20%, your payment is $3,583. And this is just for the first five years. Let's make that clear. Now, these payments are composed of principal, which is actually paying off the loan and interest. And as you pay off your mortgage and the balance on the house goes down, the interest you pay goes down as well. So the interest will always be higher at the start because it's based on the percentage of what you owe. So as you pay off the mortgage, the amount you owe goes down. And therefore, even though you are applying the same rate, you are applying it to a smaller balance. Hopefully that makes sense. So those are the items that go into your mortgage payment. Essentially, it is how much you put down, if you have CMHC insurance, what your term is, and what your rate is. And since I know I'm going to get this question, I'll try and cover it here. But the question which will be coming my way is, which is better, a fixed or a variable rate mortgage? And as always, the answer is, it depends. I think a lot of people right now who are renewing their mortgages right now are leaning towards a variable because they think, hey, interest rates are at a super high rate that they've been in 20 years and they definitely have to come down, which is frankly not true. From 1975 to 1991, mortgage rates were above 10% every single year. That is almost double what they are right now. So to think that they can't go up is a pretty naive way of thinking, to be honest. Um, 
I get that variable rate is cheaper and a better rate most of the time, but you're also playing with fire. My thoughts are that you should put in a range of interest rates and see how much the mortgage payment changes and see if you can still afford it. So play with interest rates and if it goes up to 8% and see if you can still afford it. If you can, then maybe variable is the right play. Um, However, for me personally, I like knowing exactly how much I'll be paying. So I'm risk averse that way in which I would rather just fix my rate and be like, okay, this is how, this is my interest rate. This is how much I'm going to be paying. Um, regardless of whether variable gets a bit cheaper, that's just my own personal feelings, but I would still go through the exercise of like, Hey, what if rates change? Like, how is that going to impact me? Because in five years, say rates have gone up. I still want to know that I'm going to be able to pay off my mortgage payments every month, even though interest rates have gone up a little bit in the last five years. So with the big costs out of the way that we just talked about, I want to cover the costs that are usually a little bit more hidden. So the first is a land transfer tax. So unless your house is newly built, um, where you can technically get a rebate on it, this transfer tax can cost thousands of dollars and is technically an additional cost that is incurred in order to close the sale of the house. The land transfer tax is calculated in BC at least, and you can look up your own state or province, and it's calculated as 1% on the fair market value up to $200,000, 2% on the fair market value between $200,000 and $2 million, and then 3% on any part greater than $3 million. So kind of like a step function as we mentioned before. And this is due as like a one-time payment when you take possession. So something to keep in mind. The other items to consider when closing on a house are things like legal fees, title insurance, home inspections, appraisal fees. And these can add up to be several thousand dollars as well. And they should be taken into account. Often realtor fees will be in there too. The next items to think about is the property tax and utilities. So let's cover utilities first. When you're renting, you may get some of your utilities covered. But when you get your own house, sadly, this isn't the case. You are on the hook for Wi-Fi, heat, water, property insurance, etc., which will be $700 a month that's added to your monthly payment. And The last thing I kind of want to cover here, or not the last thing, but another thing that I think people consider, but they don't consider how much money it really is, is property tax. And this is a whole other animal and one that fires people up because rates keep going up and it's super expensive, but how does it actually work? Essentially, it breaks down into this calculation of the assessed value of your home times by the property tax rate. Your home is usually assessed each year for its fair market value as well as its classification. And its classification determines its property tax rate. So you can have things like, or not manufacturing, but like um, industry building, business building, residential building, like that type of classification. And tax rates or property tax rates are expressed as a dollar figure per $1,000 of assessed property value. So you might see something like a tax rate of $1.04 per $1,000. 
of assessed value. So on a 700K house from our example from before, this would look like $700,000 times by 1.04 divided by 1,000. And this would be $728. That would be your property tax. Now, the rates are fairly hard to find. I'm not going to lie. But I did track a couple down. So for example, a residential house in Vancouver has a rate of $2.779 per $1,000 of appraisal. So on a $700,000 house, that would be a property tax of $1,945. And property tax rates are reassessed every year based on new rates and the reassessed value of your home. So that's how property taxes work. And that needs to be kind of baked into your um, monthly payments or, yeah, I would say baked into your monthly payment plan. Finally, one of the last things to consider is upkeep, repairs, and just general maintenance. When you rent, if your fridge breaks or your plumbing explodes or your electricity short circuits, that's on the landlord to fix. It's baked into your rent price. You just call them up and be like, hey, this shit's broken. Come fix it. And some landlords come that day. Some landlords take a day. but Or some landlords that are really shitty take a week. And then you bring it up with whoever. But it's your landlord. It's on them to fix it. Now, when you buy a house, it's on you. And some of these issues can be fucking major. And this can be a lot of money to fix and can definitely add up. So... That is definitely something to put into the budget. Whether it happens at first, whether it's a new build, anything like that, it should be something that's baked into your budget to be like, hey, maintenance may not come up this month, but we need to put it into the budget. So, hey, maybe in like four months time, maybe in a year's time, maybe in two years time, when we have a massive fucking fridge explosion, we need to bake that in here. So those are the hidden or quote unquote hidden costs that are usually, or that are associated with houses that a lot of people I think don't really consider when they're thinking about buying a house. So that's going to wrap it up and it ain't so simple, is it? Lots of stuff goes into buying a house. So here's a quick summary. Mortgage payments, take into account your down payment, if you need loan, loan insurance, the term and the rate. There are some hefty closing costs And there are hidden costs that aren't there when renting like utilities, property tax, and repairs. And these are all things you need to take into account when you're deciding if you can afford to buy a house. So other than that, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you learned something new. I hope this kind of helped you make a decision if you're in that phase where you're like, oh, I don't know whether I should buy a house. I don't know if I can afford it. I hope I made you think of something that maybe you hadn't thought of before that was really actually quite expensive. And you're like, damn, I actually don't know if I can afford this based on X, Y, Z. So other than that, if you like the podcast, please like it, share it, download it as it does help tremendously. If you have questions on this podcast, please shoot me an email. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. If you want to talk about your financial situation, find me on nobsfinances.com and let's get started. So thanks again, everyone. I hope you have a great day and we will see you next week.